AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Wheat futures again drained, buying interest out of the entire grain complex. Soybeans tried to follow bean oil to the upside, but stuck close to unchanged. Traders now anticipate strength in the cash cattle market that was reflected in higher futures. And lean hogs? Lean hogs closed higher for a sixth consecutive session. Live from the semi-tropical breezes before the corn belt (laughs) deep freezes begins. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk, baby. This afternoon, we'll chat with Clark Neighbors from BIS Commodities. Directly following the news, Oliver Slope from Blue Line Futures checks in. Me? I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right. The tropical breezes, huh? For now. Enjoy them while you can, yeah. people. Enjoy them yeah, while you is, can. Is this like one of those deals where some people put the uh, put put the fireplace on the TV and it makes them all feel all warm and yes. and cozy and everything. Have you sure. got like coconut trees and coconut crashing trees. waves? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a giraffe uh, that uh, a giraffe ex- excretes skittles, which is fun for the kids. You know, <laughs> it's a good time really? over here. But it's all about to end. I mean, giraffes. Yeah. I don't know if you know what happens to a skittles giraffe. <laughs> I don't want to. Tell it's you very similar to giraffe. the uh, the dolphin enriched tuna experiment. Is similar. It? Similar. Is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know, I don't know if the dolphin is pulling its weight on that experiment. It sounds no, like tuna no. Tuna kind of had it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's why they mix it. Tuna and dolphin. That way the gotcha. tuna can help. Gotcha. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. It started, dude. It has uh-huh. started. The snow is starting to build up through central Nebraska up to northeast Nebraska, southeast South Dakota, and northwest Iowa. There's a patch of snow in north-central Kansas as well. Um, it's it's pulling together. By, you know, it looks like sometime between midnight and 3 o'clock is when it's going to get here. It'll get to you first. It'll get to us first. I'm looking. Okay, right now we're at 33 degrees and overcast. Yeah. And my phone says it's going to be that until about 9, 10 o'clock tonight, and then she okay. starts to dip. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we're just 19 degrees up here in northeast Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but, boy, when you look at the forecast and some oh. of those those highs that are coming in below zero, mm-hmm. it uh, puts a chill in you. makes me want to stack more wood and build a bigger fire. Let's get to go. the news. What do you got? <laughs> sure thing. Well, March, soft red winter wheat futures opened slightly lower Rallied to spike resistance at yesterday's high, then dropped to post a low-range close. Export sales weekend of January 4 totaled to just 128,000 metric tons. And, Chip, that was well below trade expectations. Traders are watching Ukrainian grain exports, and the country continues to find alternative routes to move grain. March HRW wheat futures 8 and 1.5 cents lower at 6.16. March SRW wheat down 6 cents to 6.03 and 3 quarters. March spring wheat closed at seven bucks even. That's down seven and three quarters. Jim. Yeah, knocking on support and uh, knocking on the door of support. You got that March spring wheat contract. I'm going to feature that one uh, mm-hmm. right at seven bucks. Get a close below seven bucks. That could open some additional downside risk. 
Well, corn export sales weekend at Jan 4 totaled nearly 488,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations, but was only about half of uh, the four-week average for sales. Columbia topped the list of buyers. USDA this morning also announced the sale of 175,000 metric tons of U.S. corn for delivery to Mexico in the current marketing year. March corn opened slightly lower and posted an inside trading day with a low-range close. Chart watchers note that flight, uh, flat price resistance at 460 in March futures is gaining strength. March yeah. corn futures were one and three quarter cents lower, 457 and three quarters. May corn down one and three quarter cents, 469 and three quarters. July corn futures closed at 479, down two and one quarter cents. Some traditional buyers showing up, Chip. Yeah, that's good news. Mexico this morning and and uh, Colombia on the weekly sales report. 460, yes, resistance is strengthening at that level, but it also means if we can somehow, some way, close above 460 in that March contract, there's mm-hmm. gonna there should be some short covering to follow that. Well, soybean export sales weekend of January 4 totaled just over 280,000 metric tons, and that was well short of trade expectations, just one quarter of the four-week average. Japan, China, and Spain topped the list of bean buyers. Traders continue to uh, adjust lower Brazilian bean crop estimates, but are also dealing with higher Argentine bean crop pegs. The Rosario Grain Exchange raised its bean crop peg 2 million metric tons to 52 million. March bean futures opened near session lows, rallied to within a tick of resistance at 1250, and then turned back to close near the lows of the day. March beans were steady, 1236 and a half. May beans up a half a penny, 1248. July beans closed at 1256, up three quarters of one cent, Chip. Still feels like we're just moving bushels around down in South America, mm. doesn't it? It does a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we lose some out of Brazil, but we pick them up in, in Argentina or mm-hmm. Paraguay or mm-hmm. Bolivia. So a lot of shuffling happening right now. Has Conab got a fudge factor, too? Is that what we got going here? Is that it? Maybe a little yeah. bit. Yep. Cotton export sales weekend at Jan 4 totaled 262,500 running bales, and that beat the four-week average by almost 50%. March cotton 118 points higher, 81.36. On your livestock, strength in the boxed beef market and expectations of strength in the cash cattle market pulled live cattle prices higher. February live cattle gained a buck five, 171.80. March feeders 127 and one half higher, 227.40. And on the snout side, pork export sales totaled 23,300 metric tons. Mexico, the lead buyer. February hogs up 52.5 cents, 72.60. April hogs a dime higher today, 79.05. Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. How you doing, Oliver? I'm I'm doing well, Chip. I've uh, got my hard hat on for tomorrow already. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Before You know, I got to ask you, how's it feel to beat number one in the country? uh we're number one at something no no to beat <laughs> to beat number one in the country it wasn't purdue number one oh, when they rolled no. into lincoln <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't know i'm not a nebraska basketball fan until march madness oh. starts so that means never <laughs> okay <laughs> let's let's go to the markets what do you make of the way this cattle market's trading 
Well, consolidation is kind of, I think, what we talked about last week, and it seems to be a, a theme, not a whole lot going on, just uh, a little up and a little down. But uh, the chart is certainly looking more constructive, the fact that we're able to defend lower prices throughout the week, especially this morning. And we saw a lot of weakness in the outside markets following a hotter-than-expected CPI report. So yep. I think that's encouraging, and we're, we're really just knocking on the door of resistance up here, where if we get a catalyst to get out above there i think that could stage another leg higher and maybe get some uh more participation back into the markets we know yeah. funds have very much liquidated all but um uh, their net long position in live cattle they're still net short feeders so they've got some powder to add if we can get a catalyst yeah you know i love that you bring that up because all of a sudden it does feel like there is more the fed's got more work to do if it's going to comb inflation down to to their targets well if that's the case they've taken way too much out of the grains right uh that's what i would think too um i i'm still a little nervous on grains we still need to see some other fundamental catalysts firm up uh demand specifically nice to see a flash sale in corn this morning the first yep. since december 19th and uh yeah 460 is going to be a big technical level that we need to get out above my concern is that you know, we don't get that catalyst to get that technical yeah. move higher. And I know people have been hammering on the funds being large net short holders, 200,000 plus in corn. But, you know, pre-COVID, I was looking back just at yeah. 2019, they were short 300,000. They sold basically from okay. the beginning of the year all through April. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Oliver. Thanks. Oliver Slope, Blue Line Futures. We got Clark Neighbors next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Chip, certain citizens can't be trusted well, with certain decisions. I'm just going to just answer your question boy, with that. Boy, you got that right. Huh? Huh? You, you got that right. <laughs> no, no doubt. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad mm-hmm. that you're with us on this Thursday afternoon. It's flying by, flying by. We got the free-for-all already tomorrow, dude. You mentioned that this morning, too. You must really be looking forward to it. I mean, well, I don't know what, what would be discussed, if anything. Yeah. You know? I think there's plenty to discuss. And, I think that and might be it, too. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately seriously, uh, on this, unfortunately, yeah. Wiesmeyer is going to be on the road, mm-hmm. uh, isn't going to be with us. But we got Tom Sell from um, Combest Sell and Associates uh, going to yeah. be on with us and stepping in for, for mm-hmm. Jim tomorrow morning. So, uh yeah, there's going to be plenty of good conversation. Of course, Haney 
will be here as sure. well. Yep. Clark Neighbors, BIS Commodities is our guest analyst this afternoon. Hey, Clark. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and go Cyclones, buddy. How's it going? Hey, Chip. Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing real fine. Real fine. Uh, hey, one, one thing on Nebraska, you know, yeah. they talked about March Madness. They mm-hmm. used to go to bowl games, too. Remember that? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, Clark, you're piling bring, on now. Bring it, <laughs> That's baby. That's what we're about here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, love it. You know, I, I just got to say, looking at both the men's team at Iowa State, the women's team at Iowa State, both of them are surprisingly ready for conference play this year, Clark. I, I mean, I can't believe how well they've been playing. Even the guys, when they lost down at Oklahoma, I thought they looked okay. Yeah. It's long season yet. It's a rough yeah. and tumble Big 12. So I think Houston got a good uh, welcoming call the other night, huh? So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no doubt. That's one of those, oh, that's what it's like to play in this conference. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. We need to get ready for the reports that are coming our way tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock central time. Um, you know, I'm going to start with the with, with just a, a broad general question for you. There's lots of numbers. Which one are you going to look at first? Well, it's a good question. And I think it's kind of interesting going into this report because historically the January report is the most impactful or one of the most impactful of the year because of all those numbers and Mm -hmm. the lackluster type of activity going in this report is kind of uncommon to be honest as uh, Oliver was mentioning but I would guess you know if you go down and order the first thing the market's probably going to focus on maybe the least important but it'll be focused on uh, yield and you know the trade impact is or, or thoughts is yields pretty much what it was in November, right at 175, give or take on the corn and 50 bushels on the beans. And then that will filter down into what impact uh, that may have on the stocks report. Mm-hmm. And then followed how that carries into the uh, supply and demand scenario. So the market is, uh, as I mentioned, going into this report is, is half asleep. And not that it shouldn't be, you know, you look at the recent market activity, it obviously makes sense. One thing I would kind of watch tomorrow night, yeah. I've been doing this long enough, Chip, you never try to outguess the government, right. but um, the census uh, export number that came out a week or so ago on soybeans was kind of interesting because it was about 30 million above what the inspections showed. Okay. Uh, so does that reflect in the stocks number of soybeans tomorrow and could that reflect a little better export number down the road keep an eye on that um, it should so, right correct correct yeah. maybe not right away you know the government's always kind of cautious and changing numbers but you know and a couple other things i would watch i guess obviously uh and i think we fail to remember this once in a while we do have a record corn production this year <laughs> Yep. mainly because of the acres. Uh, when you look at stocks, uh, corn stocks as of DS one average trade guess is a little over $12 billion. I think you just put that number in your mind. I think that's the only third time we've had $12 billion or bigger on, on stocks on DS one 
Interesting. The bean carryouts, 2975 as an average guess. That's a little below a year ago. Kind of watch that 3 billion bushel mark there as a factor. We'll see if that export situation with the census builds in. And then the last thing to watch is world production. And we'll see what the USDA has to say, mainly about what's going on in South America on their numbers. Uh, you guys mentioned earlier in the broadcast about Rosero Exchange increasing production in Argentina, both on corn and beans. What's interesting on that is the corn number is 59 million metric ton that Rosario put out today. I think the last USDA number is 55. Keep in mind that crop was 34 last year. Yeah. And Rosario put out a 52 on the beans. Uh, the USDA number is 48 million metric ton. That was 25 a year ago. Yep. So, as you were kind of saying earlier, moving the numbers around between Brazil and Argentina, um, the way it looks right now, even with the issues in Mato Grosso and some of those areas in Brazil, you're still looking at well over a record uh, production in South America between the two for the right. upcoming crop, at least at this point, both of yeah. the corn and beans. Yeah, I think that's uh, that, that it has become a fact or or an issue that this bean market is having a tougher and tougher time dealing with. I mean, I think it's the big a, a big part of the reason why this March bean contract every time it looks at 1250 here the last couple of days it just decides no, we don't need to be there. Yeah, and keep in mind we uh we started started 2024 at 13 bucks and gapped open lower that first trading day. So Right. It's it kind of sent a message there on the very first day of January, um, and it took a fair amount of that weather premium away. I guess is what you would say. So, right, right, absolutely. Um, you, you know, you you mentioned that the expectation on the yield, and I, I do want to talk about this just a little bit more. Uh, the expectation on the corn yield, right at one seventy four point nine, which is what USDA showed us back in November. Uh, the the average trade guess is 174.9. The range is 174 to 176.5. Uh, if you get all the way to the top end of that and start pushing a, your corn crop from a, a 15.22, 15.23, whatever, and, and you push it into a 15.3 something, boy, I got to believe there would be a negative reaction to the in the market to that, wouldn't there? I would think it add to the momentum we've seen. Yeah. You know, uh, funds are pretty short. Um, as we, as you talked about earlier, the momentum has been that direction. You know, the one thing I guess I would say uh, going into the report tomorrow, and this is kind of gut feel is uh, if there is a surprise reaction, positive or negative tomorrow, I think it would react more if there's a positive reaction just because of the momentum yeah. to the downside we've been and you could get a knee jerk reaction pop to the upside. Okay. But if there's nothing positive in that report, I'm afraid we're in for a market that grinds, maybe grinds a little lower balance of the winter and spring till something changes. So yeah. uh, if we do get a pop in the market also, I think it would be uh, met by producer selling to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the producers long is the long of this market, Chip, physically. 
the physical product is long. Uh, the funds are short. Uh, the producer seems very disengaged with this market right now and not a lot of interest. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I think there's looking for things to change, but, uh, and we can talk about that in the second segment as yeah. far as cash markets and all that. But uh, whether you're looking at the grains, whether you're looking at uh, the energy trade at late, I mean, the whole commodity complex seems a little heavy. Uh, yeah. Energies uh, tie in the macros, et cetera. So we'll see if things well, change tomorrow. A lot of times that report has some interesting numbers. Uh, the market's not going in with a lot of impact in that regard. At the model, at the money straddles on corns like ten cents for the report tomorrow. Wheat's about fifteen. Beans a little over twenty. I mean, I don't, I can't okay. recall that cheap of option premium going into report in a long time. Man, um, you, we we should talk about that a little bit more when we do come back on the break, Clark, because I, there's there's got to be some opportunities to position with those cheaper. Uh, option premiums right well yes if things change <laughs> obviously i mean uh the option premiums cheap based on the fact that the market hasn't had a lot of momentum it hasn't had a lot of trading range hasn't yeah. had a lot of volatility in fact the cme just lowered uh, margin requirements on grains earlier this week so okay that's another sign of that okay all right we've got a little bit of ground to cover yet here before we wrap things up uh we Feed and residual on corn. I want to talk about that. Could that be a surprise number with the total number of cattle on feed that we've had? I want to talk a little bit more about positioning for the report as well. Clark Neighbors, BIS Commodities. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where March hard red winter wheat futures were eight and one half cents lower, six sixteen. March SRW wheat down seven cents to six oh three and three quarters. March corn futures were one and three quarters lower, 457 and three quarters. May corn down one and three quarters cents to 469 and three quarters. March soybean futures unchanged, 1236 and one half. May soybeans up a half cent to 1248. March cotton 118 points higher today, 8136. On your livestocks, February fat cattle gained a buck five to 171.80. March feeders one dollar twenty-seven and one half higher at two twenty-seven forty. February lean hog futures up fifty-two and a half cents today to close at seventy-two sixty. Get more market news every market day. Visit tryprofarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. 
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. We are in the middle of a conversation with Clark Neighbors from BIS Commodities today. Clark, in the last segment, you mentioned that the producer is the long in the corn market. So we've got to look closely at the on-farm versus the off-farm stocks of corn as of December 1 when we get those numbers tomorrow. Um, Boy, you're talking about the potential to have a significant impact on basis, at least on a regional basis, right? The only thing I would add, and I always look at the on-farm versus off-farm a little more detailed, uh, but I think this year is a little different in talking to a lot of commercials. So that'd be your off, off-farm off inventory. Yeah, Talk to a lot of commercials, you know, elevators that this time of year still have pretty good-sized inventory. They will tell you the producer owns a lot of that inventory, okay, so okay. versus the commercial. So it may be skewed a little bit. It's good looking at those numbers. I think the off-farm numbers will be stronger than they have been the last couple of years on, on the farm, but uh, uh, the off-farm bushels will not totally reflect what the farmer owns. So okay. getting to your point as far as basis, yeah, I think that's going to have some impact. And, it, you know, keep in mind it has over the last two or three years. The farmers had a lot of leverage um, in holding inventory, waiting for better basis levels, especially into the uh, domestic market, the ethanol market to some degree last year, Southwest Rail. I don't know if that leverage is quite as strong this year. I think there's pockets where it will. We've seen some areas, say, in eastern Iowa ever since harvest, and especially at harvest time with some pretty strong values. They have weakened, but not dramatically. Um but I think if and when we start seeing the producer move bushels with a little more aggressiveness, and some of this may be spread out for the next several months and you don't get that yeah. impact, all right? But I think it's also going to suppress uh, when stuff starts to move. If we do have some firmness in the market, that rally be suppressed by hedge pressure once the producer does move it. And also suppress basis potential. Now, currently with the weather scenario, um, logistical issues we've had ever since harvest for different various reasons, whether it's rail getting into Mexico or the river, et cetera, take advantage of opportunities when they arise. Like right now in the next yeah. week, weather may be an issue to hop, you know, see some basis uh, plays, if you will, but uh, depends on how bad somebody wants to fight the weather. But uh, the basis has kind of been the producer's friend the last couple, three years. I think there's opportunities. You could see that again, depending on your market. But uh, at the same point, keep in mind, since harvest, corn futures are roughly 30, 40 cents lower than they were at harvest. Beans are 50 cents to a dollar cheaper than they were at harvest. And that interest meter or cost of money mm-hmm. keeps ticking three cents a month on corn eight, nine cents a month on beans. So mm-hmm. the yep. longer a producer weighs, the longer patience uh, is going to require some, 
some Financing. Let's put it this way. Don't get too patient, you know. Yeah. Be engaged in the market is what I'm trying right. to say. Yep, yep, that's good. That's good. I've been saying out loud and wondering what it's going to take to get the funds to go from a short position to out to long because that that seems like a monumental task at this point. Just as big a question might be is what gets farmers to start selling more corn, right? Yeah, I don't know if there's an exact answer on that. Part of his calendar. Part of his cash flow needs. Yeah. Um, obviously, if the market rallied, I think that would be the biggest uh, reason you'd see things move. So time will tell. I mean, things okay. always change. Um, the other thing I would tie into this a little bit is from a producer standpoint is don't lose focus on the new crop. I right, think we have right. so much old crop in inventory right now. The new crop loses focus. Uh Production costs ought to be down next year. I mean, everybody knows where their numbers are. And so everybody has different needs in that regard. But uh, uh, this 5 to 520 area, you know, on the new crop corn is an area to watch, especially between now and planting time. Uh, assuming we have a good crop next year, I don't know where the market is, but it's probably not at 480 to 5 bucks. All right. All right. So, uh, granted, there's a lot of growing season to go, et cetera, but don't lose focus of where then those new crop levels are right now. Because right now, I think that's not uh, has not been in focus in, in most of people's marketing plans. Yep, yep. That crop for next year and some assumptions made around it. I love the note that you sent this way earlier today, Clark. I'd forgotten about what the the 10-year trend is on these uh, on corn yields tell us about it well it's let me back up so the last 10 years we had a record yield in 2014 i think it was 171 bushel that year and if you look at yields since then we've been kind of in a flat line we just had about an eight bushel range over the last 10 years uh Mm -hmm. the last five years actually we've been slightly below trend line because trend lines arguably 180 or a little above and we haven't had a a yield that big as of yet but what's interesting and it's probably just dumb luck timing but it's interesting in 2014 you had a record yield 2004 you had a record yield in 1994 you had a record (laughs) yield so does that theme continue this summer we'll see but um, and keep in mind, in those three years, you were five to ten bushels above the previous record. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Clark, I still refer back to the 1994 crop when we talk about the most consistent corn crop from Ohio to Nebraska that I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Pretty remarkable. And and I can remember the 04 and the 14 crops as well. I mean, the consistency is 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 what mattered in those years and and uh it's one of the reasons it, it's one of the reasons that you know i i wrote it in in farm journal magazine in the my last column i'm going to assume a record yield in two th- maybe not a record crop because of of acres but i'm going to assume a record yield in 2024 until proven otherwise now what does that do to your attitude on marketing if if that's your assumption well i think that builds into why you keep an eye on this these 24 crop or 
24 board, excuse me, you know, with this $5 area or higher, which right now we're not quite there, but that's why I don't think it hurts to get some, get some sales in place between now and the end of March or give or take and look at those opportunities. Because if we, if we have a record yield, uh, obviously those prices are going to look really good 12 months from now. Right. Um, now the opposite of that chip is, you know, we've had about 10 years of a pretty steady crop or we do for a, a poor crop. One of the, you know, you could look yep. at the thing both ways, uh, yep. but yep. Yep. at the same point we've had, you know, five years with generally pretty good crops in the Midwest, but we've always had a region or an area that drags the nationwide yield down and not that the crop's perfect every year. It isn't. I mean, 90, 94 is probably the one exception to some degree in 04, but uh, at the same point we might be due for one of those type of crops. And I think yeah. that could be a game changer going forward because usually it takes a couple, three years to get out of the hole in one of those kind of, you know, right. one of those big uh, production years. Right. How do you see acres moving around for next year? Probably a little early to tell. I mean, the assumption is obviously less corn acres, more bean acres. Now, I think that theme was a little stronger two weeks ago than it is today after the recent drop of the beans. Right. Generally, the Midwest, I don't think you see big changes. The fringe areas would be key. Uh, we also get, you know, keep in mind we get winter wheat seeding acres tomorrow. Uh, they're anticipated to be down. Oh, roughly not quite a million acres from a year ago. So that'll get blended into probably a little more beans and some degree corn, depending on the region. So you would assume that we see more of a change back to a few more acres of beans, a few less acres of corn. But I think the theme on that will be more interesting come March 1st than it is today. Okay. Okay. I'm having a hard time getting a read here clark i was I, I was going to sum things up by saying that i feel like you want to sell rallies but i but but i kind of get the feeling that if the market does show some strength at the end of january and into february you're going to want to let that that strength develop before you get too aggressive is that right i think you do both i think you got to sell rallies with some ammo in your pocket i think old crop okay. definitely needs to be need to be aggressive with old crop Okay. Uh, between now and planting time, get that cleaned up the best can just because of that cost of money chip. And especially yep, yep, yep. have basis be your friend. Let it tell you when to move it, you know. Um, and then I'll obviously look at some new crop ideas, too, as uh, things develop. You know, it doesn't hurt to get 10, maybe 20 percent of new crop locked in and hope that's the worst sale you make all year. Yeah. You know, we say that every year. Yep. And I used to be tired of saying it, but I'm not anymore. I, I it, it it is something that people need to come to grips with. That at some point you got to get started. You just have to get started. And uh, if you do get started and it's a worse sale that you make all year, well, so be it. Let's move on from there. So, yep, good stuff, Clark. Uh, really appreciate your time, man. Thank you, Chip. Have a great afternoon. Yeah, you too. You too. Clark Neighbors, BIS Commodities. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I've got the average trade guesses that were compiled by Reuters. We'll go over that and make sure you're ready for tomorrow morning. 
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everyone. Chip, we didn't discuss this. What? Oh, never mind. Oh, no, we don't. No, Is this we're the right doing, thing? We're doing the right exactly thing? exactly the right thing, yes. All right, well, then I'll proceed. I am your pal. Davis Michelson here on uh, on AgriTalk. Yeah. It's Thursday already, bro. You mentioned it yeah. uh, twice today, once uh, this morning and once this afternoon. It, it's the first full, you know, it's a full week and it feels like it's flying by. Yeah. See, I'm having a hard time getting my head around that too. Because a five-day week, if it yeah. goes this quickly, I mean, next yeah. week's a four-day week. Yeah. It'll feel like seven. When am I going to have time to have lunch? I if it goes know. this fast, you're right. It may I feel like know. seven. Yeah. Yeah. No. We'll no. figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> we will. <laughs> we may need a three-day weekend to digest through the uh, report details yep. Yep. that are forthcoming manana. Um, you mentioned earlier you had some expectations in front of you. You want to get into that now? or uh, I certainly do. Do you? All right, let's go. Yeah, I don't want to run out of time to get them all in because no. this is a major report day for the grain markets. We get the winter wheat seedings report from USDA. It's a survey-based report. Uh, NASA's putting the numbers together. A poll of Reuters analysts um, shows expectations of 35.8 million acres seeded which would be down from 36.7 million acres last year. Okay? So right. down a bit, down a bit. We'll see how that goes. The the only anecdotal evidence that I have to support that and it it I heard it quite frequently this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh was from guys in the in the corn belt, in the eastern corn belt, saying, I'm not planting any wheat. I'm just not going to plant any wheat. So I don't know if all this nearly 1 million acres is coming out of soft red winter wheat or if there's going to be some out of hard red winter wheat as well. But a million acres for, for the average seems pretty conservative. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I just... Every everybody that I talk to that's that's an SRW grower either mm-hmm. said I'm not going to plant any wheat or I'm planting less wheat. So 
We'll see how that all plays out. Um, let's go to the crop production and the annual production summary. We yep. like to call this the final number for the national average corn and soybean yields. We all know that they will be adjusted later if needed in the heck this number might be corrected in September. Acreage numbers might be corrected in September when we get the quarterly grain stocks report for September 1. As I mentioned, the national average uh, corn yield is expected to come in at 174.9. That would be unchanged from the last number that we got from National Ag Statistics Service back in November. The range is 174 up to 165, 176.5. So there is a wide enough range this late in the year that there could be some, you know, you get to the high end or the low end of that range, and it makes a difference on the balance sheet, Davis. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely something does. something that we're going to have to watch there for sure, for sure. On soybeans, the national average uh, bean yield is expected at 49.9 bushels per acre. That would be unchanged from what we got from NAS back in november a little bit of a difference on the production side of things the the corn crop is expected to come in just slightly lower because of slightly fewer harvested acres and soybeans it's barely even worth mentioning but five million bushels more than what was estimated back in november okay let that that gets us to the ending stocks for 2023 on corn the average trade guess is 2.105 billion bushels. USDA in December, okay, in December showed us 2.131 billion bushels. Soybeans, 243 million bushels is the average trade guess. In December, we got 245 million bushels. And wheat ending stocks for 23 24, 658 million bushels, basically unchanged from the 659 million bushels that we got in December. Quarterly grain stocks. Boy, uh, Clark did a great job yeah, laying did. out the expectations and, and what we need to be watching for in this quarterly grain stocks report. Dees won corn stocks in all positions, 12.05 billion bushels. Be the first one over 12 billion bushels. Uh, that's eh, something that we we need to deal with there. A year ago, 10.8 billion bushels. 10.8. So here we are up at Wow. So big numbers, big numbers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Soy bean stocks on December 1, 2.975 billion bushels. Uh, A year ago, we had 3.021 billion bushels. So Clark is saying, watch that 3 billion bushel number. If if we're under 3 billion bushels, it shouldn't be too negative. Um, But if you get above 3 billion bushels somehow, some way, then you got to watch out for a negative reaction in the markets. Wheat, 1.387 billion bushels. A year ago, it was 1.312 billion bushels. So what is that? About a 75 million bushel increase in the total number of uh, bushels of wheat out there. We went over some of the expectations on the South American crop. Uh, The average trade guess on Brazilian corn is 125.33 million metric tons on soybeans in brazil 156.26 million metric tons argentine corn 54.8 million metric tons and soybeans 
48.87 million metric tons. Those are the numbers that we are going to watch most closely. Okay, we got time. National Weather Service, 6 to 10-day outlook, January 17th through the 21st. Below normal temperatures expected over most of the eastern three-quarters of the country. Got above normal temperatures out there on the west coast. Who knows? Those uh, those could be coming our way. But below normal temperatures expected for January 17th through the 21st. Mostly below normal precipitation also expected in the Corn Belt. Got to get out to the far uh, western areas to get into above normal. Below normal, but, the, but it's fading in the 8 to 14 day on the temperature outlook as well. Free for all tomorrow morning, 10.06 Central.